Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Cullen. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, that you are having a great start uh, to your week. It is Monday, April 19th, and once again, the Memphis Grizzlies, as I mentioned yesterday, the Memphis Grizzlies, yes, the Memphis Grizzlies lead the NBA in offensive rating. I'm going to go over the next few episodes. We're going to talk a lot about that. Now, I want to say, before we get too much into that perspective on things, that will actually be, I'll be covering a bit of this, you know, just this great offensive outburst of performances and production that the Grizzlies have had. We're going to talk a bit more about that in the second segment. In the third segment, I'm going to talk about a question that was posed to me on Locked On NBA Today from the wonderful host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd. If you are a fantasy basketball player, especially right now in the midst of playoffs, make sure to check out Josh Lloyd's podcast, Locked on Fantasy Basketball. He asked me the question, who has been the Memphis Grizzlies' best player this year? And I gave a surprising answer to him, and I think that you know my perspective has been a bit surprising uh, to a few, if not many, folks over the past 24 hours. In the third segment of this episode, I'm going to explain my answer and why I gave that answer. But in the first segment of this podcast. We're going to talk about the subject that we've all been waiting for, and it's finally here. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. And we ask that you listen, subscribe, review. Let us know what you think of the show, and let us know what you might like to be talked about. We always want to talk about content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. And of course, my name is Sean Coleman. I've been covering, covering the Grizzlies coming up on a, a three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. A wonderful group of folks over at Grizzly Bear Blues who I, I cherish every day being a part of. I've been doing podcasting for the Grizzlies through various outlets for about two years and have now been here at Locked on Grizzlies for a year. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And the reason why it's an absolute pleasure is because I cherish every opportunity that I get to talk about something that's so positive when it comes to this team. And this may be one of the more positive moments that we've experienced over the past year. And it comes from the designation of doubtful. This may be, as a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and say it. This is the most celebrated doubtful designation that a player has ever had in Memphis Grizzlies history. Maybe, I can't remember how it was exactly worded when Mike Conley was in the playoffs due to his um, eye injury uh, back during the 2014-2015 season. But you know, beyond that, this may be the most celebrated, doubtful designation of a player on an injury report in the history of the Grizzlies franchise. Now, typically when you see six players on the Grizzlies injury report, as we have seen much more often than any of us had hoped this year, it's not good news. It, it's typically not good news. And this latest injury report for tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets, I'll tell you this, it does contain some negative news. Jonas Valanciunas, who has been, you know, just so productive o- over the past, you know, month to six weeks, basically ever since the start of February, Jonas has, or ever since we came back from, you know, being out, you know, for a while due to COVID, Jonas Valanciunas basically for you know nearly 10 weeks now has just been absolutely phenomenal in terms of his rebounding, in terms of his offensive consistency, so on and so forth. He unfortunately is going to be out due to concussion protocol that could keep him out for a few games. We'll talk a bit more about that in just a second. 
Also, but, but a bit of a positive news is this, is that on the injury report, we are seeing that, you know, several members who have, of the Grizzlies who have been out on a regular basis for much of April, they now are questionable. Justice Winslow with his thigh soreness, DeAnthony Melton with his leg soreness, and Brandon Clark with his hip soreness. Though Brandon Clark has played a game, those three now are questionable instead of being out. And so this is the most positive designation that they have received. So hopefully at least one or two of them will be ready to go tomorrow night to help in the absence of Jonas Valanciunas. Another bit of a concern, though I don't necessarily think it's that much of a concern, I think that it just be maybe more maintenance than anything, is Dylan Brooks, left eye soreness, he's questionable for tomorrow night's game. Let's be honest, he probably could use a night in which he gets a reduction in minutes or overall playing time. So there probably is, you know, some legitimate, you know, soreness there. Do I think it's anything long-term for, you know, Dylan? I don't. And we don't think anything is long-term there for for either Brooks, Clark, Melton, or Winslow. Coach Jenkins has said that on a regular basis. It's just been that they have wanted to make sure that there's not anything that, you know, small injuries do not turn into bigger injuries. So for those four players, Brooks, Clark, Melton, and Winslow, them being questionable is certainly a positive, though it is a negative, that we may be without Jonas Valanciunas for a few games. But without a doubt, the biggest news of all is Jaron Jackson Jr.'s doubtful designation. It is the first sign that we've received all season in 53 games. It's been nearly nine months, let's see, eight months since, well, Yes, eight months since we have seen Jaron Jackson Jr., actually over eight months since we've seen Jaron Jackson Jr. play a competitive game for the Grizzlies, and we finally got an indication that it's within days. Likely will be sometime this week. Don't think it'll be tomorrow. Think it'll be later on this week when he actually plays. But it is likely that Jaron Jackson Jr. will be playing his first game this season for the Memphis Grizzlies, and it's such a huge development. You know, I know that there's been negativity toward the Grizzlies. You know, people have not been happy with how, you know, they've handled the situation. The, the, the information that they've given us, making it seem like he'd be back much sooner than he actually was, you know, and, and, and just overall being very tight-lipped about the situation. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think that the Grizzlies were meaning anything negative by this. But we've seen, as I mentioned last week, we have seen the negative impact this season has had from the condensed schedule to players not having the same rest time during the offseason that they usually have. This has been a season in which much more outside of teams' control have had negative impacts on their players than in normal seasons. And so the Grizzlies being dealt a less than ideal hand to start the season with Justice Winslow and Jaron Jackson Jr. both being on the men due to previous injuries that happened in the bubble, they did the smart thing. In a season where they already had stated the focus was on the future instead of the present, as it rightfully should be all along, the Grizzlies have made sure that they limited the chance that something for Winslow, for Jaron Jackson Jr. and others, that smaller things would turn into bigger things due to impacts outside of their control. And for that reason, they have handled the Jaron Jackson Jr. situation just fine, in my opinion. He is finally going to return. It's a wonderful situation. But I think that whatever negativity you had towards the situation to begin with, I think that we can all agree it's certainly a positive that he is coming back. Now, with him coming back, it's going to lead to a lot of discussion about how the rotation should look. Where does he fit in? Where does Justice fit in? All those different things. We'll talk about that later on this week. But in terms of Jaron Jackson Jr. himself, I do feel 
that there may be a game or two in which he starts off on the bench, where he probably is going to have a bit of a minutes restriction to start off. I would say probably by the end of April, he is going to be back in the starting lineup, even if he were to restrict his minutes. But I do think that one big thing that comes from this, and Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian mentioned it last week, I think it makes some sense to work him back in these games where the Grizzlies are going to be facing better competition, they're going to be facing, you know, they're going to be in games where they can work Jaron in and kind of get an idea of where he is, how long it's going to take him to get reacclimated, and things such as that. But I feel that one of the big benefits of getting Jaron Jackson Jr. back for this stretch of games is that this stretch of games, the Grizzlies are less likely to win these games. So if that's the case, get Jaron back in, get it, get the kinks worked out, get you know his legs under him. So that when the beginning of April comes, starting with an April 30th matchup against the Orlando Magic, you then have two weeks, basically, where the Grizzlies are going to be playing in a lot of games in which they're going to be favored. And if that's the case, letting Jaron Jackson have his legs under him and be acclimated as much as he can back into the regular scheme of things, having him be in that starting lineup by then and letting him gain some confidence and gain some production and gain some good nights statistically, that probably is going to be the best way to get as close to a healthy and productive Jaron Jackson as 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 a normal Jaron Jackson, that's probably going to be the best way for you to get that from him or for him to be at that level by the time the playoffs come around. So that's what I think the mentality is as to why the Grizzlies are working his way back now versus maybe waiting until they get back home on this road trip or what have you. So I think there's just a lot of positive things that come from this. Number one, he's simply going to be playing. It's going to be nice to see. It's going to be great to see Jaron Jackson Jr. back on the court, and I think it's also smart by the Grizzlies to kind of ha- give him two weeks for the rest of April to really work his way back into being a regular part of the rotation and probably a starter by the end of April so that when they get into this stretch of more winnable games come the 1st of May, that's really when Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have some time to get back to who he normally is as much as possible, to get back to his normal self as much as he can be, and that's when he's going to be truly beneficial for when the Grizzlies start their true playoff pursuits through some you know very influential games at the very end of the schedule once we get into mid-May or the last four or five games of the season, and then, of course, the play-in games and beyond. So I think the Grizzlies, you know, obviously it's been a long wait, but it certainly will be worth it, I feel. I think the Grizzlies have a good plan in place to work him back, and hopefully by how they're going to work him back, we'll be able to see Jaron as close to normal as he can be. I don't know if we're going to see bubble Jaron anytime this year. I don't think that we're going to see Jaron, you know, where he was at times last year until next year after he's had a full regular offseason to get everything back to normal, but I do think we can at least see flashes of what Jaron Jackson was at times last year and why he truly is, you know, viewed as the second best talent for the future of the Grizzlies. I think all those things you'll be given reminders of and flashes of at times this year hopefully we'll especially be able to see many of those flashes when it comes to the Grizzlies really wanting to make that playoff push when it comes to the last few games of the season and the play-in game. But another thing beyond the return of Jaron Jackson Jr. that will really help the Grizzlies' cause is overall their ability to be able to continue having this balance offensively that we've recently seen. And we talked about a few reasons as to why it's been so nice to see the development of the Grizzlies offensively. But besides getting their shooters better chances to shoot and just shooting the three better overall. I think there's another couple of reasons as to why the Grizzlies overall have been better offensively that are being overlooked, but yet are still so 
critical to the continued evolution of this Grizzlies team, especially offensively. I'll talk about those few things a bit more coming up in the second segment of this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. I want to remind everyone of our title sponsor for today's episode. It is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Imagine with me for a second that you are the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who help makes who helps make life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job website is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post screen interview all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed's make, Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With the tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own. Then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So March Madness, March is here and gone, and of course that also means that Mars Madness is gone as well. And while we had a lot of fun determining both the men's and women's winners in the college basketball tournaments, another winner that we also indicated was the best-tasting Built Bar protein bar of uh, uh, that's available at BillBar.com, and that was Coconut Brownie Chump. But the thing about it is this, is that while that may have been the popular, the most you know popular ta- uh, taste among the masses, there's actually over 18 different flavors to choose from at BillBar.com. So no matter what taste you prefer, it's likely there. And the great thing about Built Bar is that it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's been the best protein bar out there on the market for a while. Have it in the morning for breakfast, have it in the afternoon for a snack before or after a workout. It's very versatile when you can enjoy it, but you can enjoy it because it adds a health benefit to your day. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, not only do you get to choose from those 18 different flavors, but you also have the ability to put in the promo code locked on and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. But I can tell you this, once you make it a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay when it comes to the qualities of Built Bar. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I mentioned to begin the show, the Memphis Grizzlies right now rank first in terms of offensive rating in the NBA, and it's just been it's been a night and day, you know, opportunity for this Grizzlies team going from where they were even a month ago to now and just how consistently well they are performing like an elite offense. Now, I don't think that it's sustainable, and I think that as they face better competition, I think we're obviously going to see a bit of a regression this week, especially with you know Jonas being out as well as he has played. But I do think that one thing that we have seen is that there has been a step forward from a lot of the growing pains that this team has experienced all season, and especially as they played in close games against very good teams like the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Utah Jazz 
in March. This team has talked about growth all season, and I think that we're finally starting to see, we're finally starting to reap the benefits of those growing pains a bit with how well we have played offensively. Now, it's obvious, you know, we've talked about it here. You know, a couple of the big reasons why the Grizzlies have played so much better in terms of offensive balance is the fact that they're giving more shots. They're featuring the combination of Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain more frequently to make their overall impact from three better. Plus, you've got just the absolute unbelievable play of Jonas Valanciunas leading the charge of this Grizzlies unit within the paint and when it comes to rebounding. Right now in the month of April, this Grizzlies team, one of the reasons why they have the best offensive rating in the NBA, they're getting 98 combined points between the three and in the paint. You want to talk about the NBA today focusing on high percentage shots from deep as well as preferring high percentage shots as close to the basket from two. Right now, the Grizzlies are arguably do it better better than anybody. 98 combined points, 55 points um, inside the paint, 42 to 43 points tonight from the outside. It really has been a production just absolute bonanza when it comes to this Grizzlies offense. And I'm going to get a bit more into tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. I'll talk both about how it's an unprecedented as far as this stretch of offensive run for the Grizzlies and, and, and how it, you know, while it may not be sustainable, there at least is balance that is certainly being achieved. But we talked about the big reasons, as, again, as to why this has occurred. The overall production from Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain, but also, you know, being able to, you know, take the lead of Jonas Valanciunas inside the paint for this Grizzlies team. But a couple of other areas that have also contributed to the Grizzlies' strong offensive play in this month is the night and day difference in a few areas that the Grizzlies really struggled in when it came to the month of March. In the month of March, you know, Coach Taylor Jenkins talked about it, especially against the Utah Jazz. Back on March 26th and 27th, the Grizzlies were had a deficit of a combined 38 points. In between back-to-back games in Utah, the Grizzlies trailed by a combined 38 points after the first quarter in both games. And it was just, you know, though they did come back in the first game of that back-to-back, they did not have the chance to win because it was just too big of a hole to dig out of. But the Grizzlies' inability to get off to hot, to good starts was, was just absolutely prevalent for the entire month of March. In fact, when it came to the Grizzlies' overall offensive production, in the month of March, in the first half of games. They were at a negative 7.4 net rating, which was 27th in the NBA. This Grizzlies team also had a 105.4 offensive rating in the first halves of games in March, which also was 27th in the NBA. But for a variety of different reasons, the improved shooting across the board, Jonas's production, you know, and overall just having more consistent offensive execution and effectiveness, this Grizzlies team has had a night and day difference between March and April. After finishing 27th in both offensive rating and net rating in the month of in the month of March in first halves, the Grizzlies have now ranked sixth in, or excuse me, fifth in terms of offensive rating. They have improved their offensive rating from 105.4 to 118.6. There is a more than 13 point improvement from the month of March to April in terms of this Grizzlies offense. And there is about that much. There's actually exactly a 13, um, um, point improvement between where the Grizzlies were in March in terms of net rating and where they are now. Again, negative .74 net rating in March in the first half of games, 27th in league in the month of April. This Grizzlies team is up to 6.4 points per game, and and that's 7th in the NBA right now. So when the calendar flipped from March to April, this Grizzlies team went from basically 
playing behind, playing 7.4 points per 100 possessions worse than their opponents, to now playing 6.4 points better per 100 possessions than their opponents. That's how good this team has been playing and how effective the offense has been for a full 48 minutes. And that's the thing that it comes down to is that, you know, that's what the players say. That's what Coach Jenkins has said. You know, it's great that we've been playing well in the second half, but we want to play good for all four quarters. And this Grizzlies offense is finally committing to that cause and they're executing it very, very well. But along with the shooting of Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain, you've also seen the overall shooting improve of the Grizzlies' two most frequent shot attempters in John Morant and Dylan Brooks, and especially the case from three. In March from three, John Morant took 58 threes, only made 16 of them. He shot 27.6% from three for the month of March. Dylan Brooks took 83 threes in the month of March, month of March only made 25 of them, making 30.1% of his shots. In the month of April, another scenario where it's been night and day. John Moran is 14 of 36 from three, making 38.9% up from 27.6% in the month of March, an 11% difference between April and March. But Dylan Brooks is now 22 of 48 from three in the month of April. He has improved from shooting just over 30% on 83 threes in March to now shooting four, nearly 46% at 48 threes in the month of April. So night and day, two of the Grizzlies' biggest areas of performance is a big reason why you've seen a night and day overall improvement when it comes to their offense. The ability to play well in first half of games and also the ability from arguably their two main scorers in John Moran and Dylan Brooks, their ability to complement their games from, you know, the area of twos to really balance it out with improved shooting from three. And that's why this Grizzlies team as a whole has taken a gigantic step forward when it comes to their offensive production. Again, tomorrow I'm going to talk about how it's been an unprecedented stretch of offensive production for this Grizzlies team and see whether or not it truly is sustainable. While I think the answer to that is probably no, I do think that it's clear this team has become more balanced and more confident that it can beat quality opponents, whether or not it's shooting from distance or it's producing in the paint. Whatever their opponents give them, I feel this Grizzlies team is more confident than it has ever been under Taylor Jenkins that they're going to be able to find ways to win a game. But with that being said, so far this season, who truly has been the Grizzlies' best player? I truly feel that there are multiple answers to this question and that a lot of it has to do with how you perceive the question being asked. I was posed that question from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Locked On NBA host Josh Lloyd on yesterday's Locked On NBA podcast. Coming up, I'm going to tell you the answer that I gave as well as giving you three reasons as to why I gave it in terms of who's been the Grizzlies' best player this season. If you're a fan of wagering and betting on sports, I've got the one place that has you covered, and that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV beyond any of the sports that you love with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and put in the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Get more analysis of the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
So when the news regarding Jaron Jackson Jr. broke yesterday, I was reached out to by Josh Lloyd of the Locked On NBA Today podcast to talk with him a bit about the excitement that was there uh, for Jaron Jackson Jr. being back in the equation for the Grizzlies at some point this week. And we talked about that, talked about John Moran uh, a bit as well. And, and Josh ended uh, the conversation with me by asking who the Grizzlies' best player has been this year. And uh, there were a variety uh, of different players that I could have choose from. But I chose the name Dylan Brooks, and, and that could be surprising to, to many. I, I can certainly understand that. But before I get into the reason as to why I answered Dylan Brooks, I think the best answer to say this season has been that the best player for the Grizzlies has been someone different for certain periods of time. You know, at the first of the year, it was Kyle Anderson. Um, you know, a lot of times it's been John Moran, especially in March when he, you know, performed so well when our offense was was, was sputtering at times. Here recently, you can honestly say it's been Jonah Jonah. Valanciunas. And in terms of individual production, I can certainly see the, the answer being Jonas when it comes to you know, his production. But I answered Dylan Brooks for a variety of reasons. And one of the biggest reasons why I feel that I answered Dylan Brooks is because I just think that Dylan has been the most consistent positive influence for the Grizzlies this season in terms of the fact that he has been a significant reason why we have won in different ways at different times this season. I think that he has been the consistent theme that's helped us win in a variety of different ways at times this season. Now, I do feel that there is a bit of statistical sense to make from that answer as well. Um, you know, a few things that stand out about Dylan this year is that if you go to cleaningtheglass.com and you look at the on-off numbers for the Grizzlies players, if you look at, you know, who who makes the biggest difference, biggest positive difference when they're on the court versus when they're off the court, it's Dylan Brooks. Gr the Grizzlies are a significantly better team. They're, they're 8.2 points per 100 positions better than their opponents in lineups that Dylan is in when he's on the court versus how the lineups perform when he is off the court. That's in the 90th percentile of players in the NBA. For, so from that perspective, in terms of the Grizzlies player who makes the biggest positive swing when they're on the court in Grizzlies lineups versus when they're off, it's Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is also a part of some of the Grizzlies' most advantageous lineups. In fact, he's the one player for the Grizzlies who's the most frequent participant in the Grizzlies' most productive lineups this season. When you look at the Grizzlies' four-man lineups that have played at least 100 minutes this year, Dylan Brooks is a part of each of the four-man combos that have produced the five best offensive rating and the five best net ratings, each. So the, so the four-man combos for the Grizzlies that had the, the five highest offensive ratings, Dylan Brooks is a part of that group. The uh, four-man lineups that have produced the five best net ratings of all the Grizzlies four-man lineups that have played 100 more minutes this year, Dylan Brooks is a part of those combinations as well. He's there just as frequently among the three-man lineups. So, yes, while Dylan Brooks himself may not have been the individual best player this year, a lot of the time, he's been the most consistent positive contributor, and the lineups that the Grizzlies put out on the court, he frequently is a member of the Grizzlies' most advantageous lineups. But another reason why I think that he's there, and a reason why I think that the lineup statistics suggest just how valuable he's been, is that he's been a top three reason why the Grizzlies have won at different times this year in different ways. When you think about it, at the beginning of the year, when we were winning through our defense, you know, it was our... Uh, 
it was a top 10 defense that kept us competitive for much of the first half of the season. And yes, Kyle Anderson was a be- better two-way contributor, in my opinion, for much of the first half. But when you look at the defense, it was Kyle it was Dylan, and at different times it was DeAnthony Melton or Justice Winslow that were the three biggest reasons as to why our defense was performing as well as it was. Dylan's ability to play effective on ball defense, the physical style of play, you know, getting under people's skin, you know, the ability to cause deflections and help, you know, in creating turnovers, all those things were contributing factors that Dylan provided. And then now, over the past month, or over the past three to four weeks, as this Grizzlies offense has been playing so well. Dylan has been a big reason for that. Yes, you could say Jonas and Grayson Allen are bigger reasons why, and I don't think you get an argument there, but Dylan is a top three reason why, as the Grizzlies have, you know, uh, you know, basically ascended to being the top offensive team in the league in April. It's uh, Dylan's play has been a big reason why. 19.5 points is second on the team to Jonas' 20.5 a game, and Dylan, Dylan is shooting 49% from three, or excuse me, from the field, and 45% from three. So Dylan has been a significant reason as to why the Grizzlies have found multiple ways to win this season at multiple times. And I think that is that it is relevant is that as Dylan's offense has significantly improved, so has the Grizzlies offense. I think that as Dylan plays well, he, there is a there is a reason why there is a high correlation between Dylan playing well and the Grizzlies playing well because he has his hand in so many different things that the Grizzlies do on the court. I mean, he's been there all season as well. He's played the most minutes of anyone, consistent effort, consistent confidence. You know, all those things rub off on this team, and I think that's the third reason why. I think Dylan contributes a lot to the Grizzlies that, you know, can't be counted in the box score. You know, I think that there's a lot of things that this Grizzlies roster offers that are intangibles. They love playing with each other. They love supporting each other. They know, again, I've stated it all year, this Grizzlies team, I truly feel, is full of is full of players on a roster that feel that the best way for them to develop and, de- and improve individually is for the love that they have playing with one another. I think that's what makes this team special and what has encouraged them to once again exceed expectations, and Dylan is a big reason for that. So my answer to the question of who the Grizzlies' best player this year was Dylan Brooks for a variety of reasons, but at the end of the day, I think that you can make a case for several different players. Jonas, Kyle Anderson, you know, Dylan, uh, and I, you know, obviously it's hard to deny that DeAnthony Melton and a lot of different metrics, has made the most impact when he's been on the court. But the reason why I go with Dylan is just because I think that he has contributed significantly to many of the boxes that have been checked this year as to the reason why this has been a positive season for the Grizzlies. And though I don't think that he's the best talent on this team, I think that he may be fifth or sixth, and overall, I still think that his best value long-term may be as part of a trade package to bring on a more integral piece into our future to become a sustainable winner and a championship contender. At the end of the day, a big reason for this Grizzlies' success is the impact that Dylan has made both offensively, defensively, and in terms of continuing to help build this culture. And so I think that that you know, is one of the bigger reasons why I feel Dylan has probably been the most influential, for lack of a better way of putting it. And, if you, and in my case, since I made that synonymous with best, I'll go with Dylan as my answer for the best Grizzlies player this season. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats, SAC. On tomorrow's episode, um, we will be discussing this Grizzlies offense 
offense? Why it's been a historical run for this Grizzlies offense? And is it sustainable? You know, we'll discuss that and more. Um, and we'll also have Grizzly Bear Blue site manager Joe Molinax on the show with us on Wednesday. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSSAC on Twitter. You can find my work and the great work of many others over at Grizzly Bear Blues. You can find all the work from all the teams in the NBA on the Locked On Podcast Network. But for me, Sean Coleman, hope you have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies Podcast.